it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It is tough to find anything that makes investing easier. Every once in a while, we stumble across something that really seems to help. Then we put it into practice, then we use it. And if it actually helps and works and helps people in the real world, then we want to share it with the whole world because investing is tough and we're all in this together. So today's principle we have dubbed the dry powder principle is this incredibly powerful way to understand how and why you're invested in all these different asset classes so that psychologically and from a financial planning perspective, you can sail through the very difficult and inevitable market downturns and corrections that will always come our way. And they're never easy. Hopefully, after you learn the dry powder principle in today's episode, this concept can help you just like it's helped so many of the families that we've worked with over the years. I'm Wes Moss. The prevailing thought in America is that you'll never have enough money and it's almost impossible to retire early. Actually, I think the opposite is true. For more than 20 years, I've been researching, studying, and advising American families, including those who started late, on how to retire sooner and happier. So my mission with the Retire Sooner podcast is to help a million people retire earlier while enjoying the adventure along the way. I'd love for you to be one of them. Let's get started. Let's start with this. We all went through the COVID crash of 2020 where the economy got shut down, the market went down, lost a third of its value, 34% of its value in just over 20 trading days. There was a sense that the world was kind of ending, the economy was ending because it really did for a period of time. We've never experienced total economic shutdown globally due to a pandemic. And as that news shook the world, it crushed the stock market. Fortunately, and particularly for those investors who stayed the course, in large part, at least the families that we work with, due to the very principle we're about to talk about today, the dry powder principle, this helped people get through those very dark, scary days during COVID as investors. There's been a wonderful, a wonderful rebound, market rebound ensued and followed almost escalator-like. If you go back to 2021, the market barely had any corrections of any magnitude whatsoever, almost an escalator higher, rare, a rare amount of low volatility. Of course, that's just not the way markets work forever. You turn the calendar page and the beginning of 2022 brought renewed volatility. And just that normal volatility is a wake-up call to investors that, oh, wait a minute, markets just don't go straight up in lockstep. They, go, they can go down, they can go down quickly, and it can be very painful. And you have a $500,000 portfolio or a million or $5 million portfolio, a 10% correction is a lot of money on paper. 10% doesn't sound like a lot, but when it's on a million-dollar-plus portfolio, you look at it and you say, it took me years to earn that much money when I was young. 
or it took me years to earn that much money when I was working. It's what makes investing so difficult. Of course, we all know the, the psychological principle that losing money feels twice as bad as making money feels good. If you had heard the podcast where I talk about my son, Jake, I'll quickly recount that story. We were in Michigan on a wonderful sunny day in July, 72 degrees, northern Michigan, beautiful golf course. I'm out playing golf with my two boys, Jake and Luke, at the time, eight and 10 years old. Jake's kind of one of my bigger kids on a relative basis, but swinging a golf club for him is a little bit like trying to play stickball with a pole vault. Just doesn't work out all that well. So it's kind of lucky in his first early days of golf for him to even hit the ball. You know, once in a very blue moon, he'll hit a decent shot. It'll go 80, 100 yards. But that's like one out of 10. So we get to this hole, beautiful hole, that has this rare large tree kind of in the middle of the fairway, which is not all that common for a golf course. And for me, not a great golfer either, but I'm thinking I've got to make this decision. I either go left of the tree or right of the tree, or maybe just go directly over the tree. And that was the conversation that ensued. Just like on any golf hole. Oh, should I go left or right or go over? And I said, like a lot of golfers would say, why don't I just aim for the tree knowing that my aim's not all that good. So there's no way I'll hit it. And that's my strategy. So as soon as I said that, little JJ goes, well, dad, I can hit the tree. <laughs> I said, Jake, there's no way you can hit the tree. It's dead center of the fairway. It's 120 yards out. The chances of you doing it, in my mind, I know are slim to none and slim's on vacation. And he goes, dad, I can hit the tree. And I said, Jake, you, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you hit the tree. He winds up, perfect contact. Ball hops at about 110 yards. Bing, dead center of the oak tree. As if this young man had won the Super Bowl, running around, both hands in the air. Oh my God, I cannot believe I won $100. Eight years old, it's a lot of money. So we get home, Jake gets his 100 bucks. He was so excited about it that he hid the $100 in our little vacation rental up in Northern Michigan. On the way home, 16-hour drive to get back to where we are in Atlanta. I'm all gassed up, so no gas station stops in the beginning. So we don't have to get gas until three hours into the trip. We stop at a racetrack to get gas. Of course, all the kids want snacks. Can I get Skittles, Cheetos? Jake pulls up to the counter. He goes, guys, I got this. As if he were the guy at Vegas who just won the biggest pot of his life. These drinks on me. These Skittles are on me. Big baller, Jake Moss. And he fishes into his pocket and he realized that there's no $100 bill. He had hid the $100 bill so well that it was left behind three hours north of this racetrack. Jake cried. Of course, my first thought was, oh, maybe I should just give him another 100 bucks. But there's no way I would have done that because... He needed that lesson of losing the hundred bucks. When we got back in the car, after he stopped crying, 15 minutes in, he said, dad, this is the worst day of my life. And I said, I get it. You're stuck in a car for 16 hours. You lost your hundred bucks. I get it. 
I said, but when you won the $100, you were so excited about that. Was winning the $100 as good as now losing it feels bad? And he goes, no, this is way worse, dad. Losing this money is way worse than the good feeling I had when I won. I said, Jake, I think you've just articulated the exact behavioral psychology that makes investing so tough. We feel it when we're eight. We feel it when we're 38. We feel it when we're 88. It does not go away. It's how we are wired as humans. And it's what makes investing so tough. So 2022 opens up, market gets crushed. People are worried, nervous. What do we have to do? Break out the dry powder calculation, the dry powder principle. What does it say? Well, it says that you need to have at least three years worth of dry powder. What is it? Dry powder is cash. Anything that's liquid that won't go down to market correction. It's anything in the bond category that's safe or kind of like watching paint dry. It might pay a little bit of interest, but doesn't get crushed when the stock market gets crushed. Think short-term bonds, intermediate-term bonds. Think government bonds, corporate bonds, municipal bonds even international government bonds. As long as they are in the category of safety and stability, which is an important part of almost any investment portfolio, that goes into your dry powder calculation. Most investors do well as long as they have at least three years worth of spending money in that dry powder category. And we're going to help you calculate it right here on this episode. And we've even developed a dry powder calculator as an online tool that you can find right at westmoss.com. So you can calculate your own minimum amount of dry powder so you can solve for the dry powder principle and see how much of dry powder you actually have in your portfolio. Again, this is based on the thought that it's tough to be an investor and we get corrections all the time. 10% correction historically every 1.6 years. Happens all the time. 20% corrections happens every 3.9 years. 30% corrections happen every less than every decade. 40% corrections every 15 years on average. So we get, as investors, we get hit by bad markets on a regular basis. And it's really easy to kind of want to trade out and back in and back out and try to dance between those raindrops particularly when you read all the scary headlines and see volatile stock market moves, makes it really tough to stay the course. So it takes discipline and looking at the data that we're looking at today that will remind us, as long as we're following the dry powder principle, helps us stay invested during really tough times. And it really comes in handy. So your dry powder is the safe stuff. Put your trust in God, my boys, and keep your powder dry. It was General Oliver Cromwell in the 1600s from the British Army. Remember, back in the day, as my kids would say, in order to fire a cannon or a musket, you needed gunpowder. And if the gunpowder got wet, it was like mud. It just didn't work. So you had to keep your powder dry in order to defend yourself. Again, dry powder principles help to defend you against tough markets. Volatile markets. In the world of finance, or if you think corporate balance sheet, companies will use the terminology, oh, there's dry powder, meaning I've got cash on my balance sheet. It's the safe stuff. It can get us through tough times. From an investment perspective, the way we've coined this phrase, 
Dry powder really refers to the safety assets. So again, anything in the in the medium to higher quality bond category plus any sort of cash you have whatsoever. Anything that's liquid that will mostly weather the storm when markets go down. Because the dry powder principle, which is to have at least three years worth of dry powder, really hinges on these two things. One, when stocks go down, for the most part, bonds either stay flat or they go up. You go back to 1976 and look at the, the Barclays Aggregate Bond Index. It's outperformed stocks of the S&P 500 anytime markets are in a correction mode. You go back over the last 45 years, if you look at when stocks have dropped 20% on average, bonds, historic, were higher during those same periods of time of market strife. Bonds are higher by almost 4%. So it's not a complete offset. It's not as though bonds go up 20% because stocks are down 20%. But bonds at least are this safety asset. They're stable. Sometimes they go down a little bit. Sometimes they go up a little bit. But what's key here is that they don't go down a lot. Which leads me to principle number two. That's the money, the dry powder that you're going to use during those times of market strife. So that you can allow the risky side, the stock side, to recover before you start using that part of the portfolio again for spending. Let's go back and look at a little bit of market correction history. So we go back all the way, to, all the way back to the depression until today, counting the most recent bear market that we've lived through in early 2020. The average time for stocks to recover is 2.6 years. Now the median, so more often when markets correct, we see almost a snapback. So the the median time to recover from a market correction is less than a year. So right around a little less than one year. But on average, to try to take a little bit more of a conservative approach here, on average, it takes a little less than three years for markets to recover. So again, using market history as a guide, a really good place to start is to say, let's have at least three years, at a minimum, three years worth of dry powder so for the most part, that'll allow you to use that money, the dry powder part, while the stock side recovers. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. I think the biggest distinction that helps when you use this principle is that so often financial planning and investment planning is all about percentages. You've got 40% in U.S. stocks and 20% in small and international stocks and you've got 40% in bonds. And that's great. But when you go through a market correction, and let's say you have 30% of a portfolio that's in safety assets that's safe and is not going down, and you think to yourself, well, when you go through a big market correction, do you think, well, thank goodness my 30%'s doing just, just fine and staying stable? Or do you think, wow, the other 70%'s getting crushed? Human nature looks at the total portfolio that's going down. That's what makes it so difficult. So to think, it took me a lot of time to understand this. To be able to tell someone, oh, don't worry, you've got 30% of your assets in safety and they're not going down. A lot of times it's just, that doesn't cut it psychologically. 
But what if you were to change a couple simple words? Instead of saying you've got 30% of your portfolio in safety or dry powder, what if we translated that percentage, that dollar amount, what if we translated that percentage to a dollar amount and then translated that dollar amount into a period of time, a period of time, 30% in safety dry powder doesn't cut it. 200,000 in safety dry powder doesn't cut it. But Dennis and Denise, you have eight and a half years worth of dry powder. Now, all of a sudden, the Skittles and the unicorns come out. Oh, I didn't realize. Wait, you're saying I have eight, over eight years worth of dry powder? Well, honey, we can sit through this market correction. This dry powder is going to last way longer than this market correction will. Stop thinking about your safety assets in terms of percentages. Start thinking about those safety assets in terms of time. Same thing, same variables, but how we think about it and our perspective on it, which is easy to do through a little bit of coaching, a little bit of understanding, but almost world-changing, life-changing for a lot of families to start shifting that perception of my safety assets to what's the amount of time this buys us? How much time worth of spending money can we use this portion of the portfolio to get us through these rough, volatile market times? So I think anybody on any level of risk tolerance, unless you have a risk tolerance on a scale one to 10, you're a, you're a nine or a 10, and you don't worry at all about market corrections. And that's plenty of investors in that category. For the, for the majority of investors who do get worried about market corrections, I think it's so important for you to really understand this dry powder principle. Translate your safety assets into terms of time. So now they understand the importance of the dry powder principle, the origins, where it comes from, why it's so important. Let's figure out how to calculate it. So remember, we're trying to cover three years worth of spending from your portfolio that includes anything that's cash, income, or bonds. And oftentimes, I understand that people hold cash that's outside of their, quote, portfolio. So I, I understand that. But again, if you have a 50000 or 100000 in the bank, then that counts towards dry powder as well. It's not just your investment portfolio, but it does need to be liquid money. So it doesn't count houses, doesn't count rare coins. It doesn't count expensive toys like boats and cars. This is liquid money. As my children refer to money, dad, that's in the bank that you can get to. Step one, find your income gap. Essentially, find your income gap. And this is an annual number. And this one's pretty simple. Estimate your overall pre-tax spending need for the year. And again, this does not have to be a perfect number. When you go into the dry powder calculator that we have online at westmoss.com, I even have some verbiage around this. Don't be intimidated by just getting a number onto the calculator page. Just getting this exercise done is, and getting it done mostly right, or even if it's not perfect, it's, it's far better than not doing it at all. We all have at least some sense of what we spend per year. We spend 5,000 a month or 7,000 a month or 10,000 a month or whatever the number is. So let's just pick a round number that you know that it's everything, food, mortgage, core pursuits, vacations, and taxes. That's a big, what, healthcare, $100,000 a year. That's, our, that's what I need, gross. 
anything that's just guaranteed income. Now, again, there are no guarantees in anything in the world. Even Social Security isn't totally guaranteed. But you got a long runway with Social Security. So if you're getting Social Security, you and your spouse, you're getting a pension. Again, none of these things are guaranteed, guaranteed. But there's a very high probability or likelihood they're going to continue for most of your life or your whole life. Let's say that number of all these income streams that are very likely going to just continue. Let's just say that's $25,000 a year. And again, I'm using round numbers here. Now, the second part of that is to also subtract your highly residual portfolio income. Meaning that what do you get residually from bond interest or dividends that come from distributions that come from anything from publicly traded REITs to pipeline companies, closed-end funds, residual income coming in, and of course, dividends from stocks. So let's say that's $25,000 a year. Now you've got this residual income. It's helping you get to your goal of 100 of 50 grand a year. Take my needs 100, what's coming in is 50. That means my gap, of course, is $50,000. That's what we need to spend. That's what you need to solve for when it comes to dry powder. Step two, multiply that number by three. Again, this is a minimum. We want at least three years of dry powder. It's fine if it's more, but we want to at least start with three years. So the gap, again, is $50,000 a year. You need from the safety assets in your portfolio so that you can draw upon that during times of market strife versus in more normal times when markets aren't in correction mode and you need $50,000 from the portfolio, it can come from the total pie, not just the safety assets. So we take $50,000 times three, it's 150,000. That's the minimum amount of dry powder you should have. If you have an overall $1 million portfolio, that means you're gonna need at least 15% in those safety categories. And again, when I say portfolio here, also, Important to remember, it's the investment portfolio plus any money you have in your in your bank. It's very often, and this is a this is a confusion point that I'll have clients come back to me a year or two years later, and they'll say, "Well, I'm doing the dry powder calculation, and I thought it was higher, but they're only looking at their investment assets, and they're totally excluding cash. You got to add the cash back in because that those are part of your safety assets." And this is for you to figure out. Let's say you've got an investment portfolio and you haven't, you're thinking to yourself, hmm, I wonder how much I have in dry powder. Well, let's figure that out. Let's say you have again, a million dollars. Let's say your income gap, for example, is $40,000 a year that you need from the portfolio beyond the social security pensions you, you get in, beyond the very residual income that would come from the portfolio. You still need 40 a year. Let's say of that million dollar portfolio, you have 40% of it in the dry powder category, which means you'd have $400,000 in dry powder. So we take 400,000 divided by the need of 40,000, that equals 10. That means in this example, you would have 10 years worth of dry powder. Again, what sounds better or more comforting? Oh, don't worry, I've got 40% of my portfolio in dry powder. Or oh, don't worry, I have 10 years, I have a decade worth of safety assets in my portfolio. Of course, I think it's the latter, and that's why I'm so excited to share the dry powder principle with all of you. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the, we just hit a million orders stage. 
No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. I want to bring in James Lewis, a good friend of mine. We call him the colonel around here. And he's done a lot of work with the dry powder calculator. He's He's almost seen the light when it comes to how powerful this is a planning tool and a principle. And he's got a lot of different stories around how powerful this is and how helpful it can be when he's helping people do financial planning, investment planning, particularly getting through people through tough times. He believes in it so strongly. He came to me one day and said, Wes, I was up till four o'clock in the morning the other night and I created an Excel model that's a calculator to help people figure out how much dry powder do they need and how much dry powder is in their portfolio. So James, you're up until four in the morning? He goes, yeah, I just couldn't stop. I was so excited about coming up with a calculator for the dry powder principle. In fact, I think we need it on our wall because we have a couple of our favorite principles, the 4% rule, the filling the gap, the rich ratio. We have a couple of these big embossed letters up on our wall. The dry powder principle is going up on the wall. And now we have a calculator to help you solve it. Thanks to James Lewis staying up until four o'clock in the morning one night. Takes a, just only a few minutes. It doesn't take 30 seconds because there's a couple steps, but you can complete it in less than five minutes and it could completely change your perspective of how you're investing. You can find it right on westmoss.com under the tools section. With that, I want to bring in James Lewis to kind of talk through some of these stories. James, so tell us how you use the dry powder principle. Maybe a story or two of someone kind of seeing the light and light bulb going on and how this really helps. So Wes, thanks so much. That's a great question. I mean, right off the bat, I think about, you know, Ryan and Mallory, right? So Ryan and Mallory are sitting in my office and at the very beginning of the meeting, James, what do you think is going to happen this year? And I could just see Mallory is really anxious. And I was like, well, look, so first of all, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going to happen. I can quote chapter and verse of what I think might happen, but that doesn't help. <laughs> so what I did with Mallory is I said, well, let's take a step back and let me just tell you why, even though I don't know what might happen, let me sh- kind of show you why it, it really shouldn't impact you. You shouldn't feel anxious about it. So I took a step back because she had never seen, Mallory had never seen the dry powder principle and neither had Ryan. And so I just kind of walked him through the two basic points when stocks are down, bonds are usually up. Part two is how long, right? So we don't want to touch our stocks, but how long do we have to wait, right, to touch our stocks? So that's the whole concept of the recovery period. And, and now you can see, you know, it's really catching fire in her eyes. Here's how much you have in dry powder. Here's how much you and Ryan have in cash. And then basically show them based on that calculation, here's how many years you have to recover. And when I've been doing this with clients, what I have typically seen, and this isn't everyone, but I've been, what I've been seeing lately is that, you know, maybe they have more than they expected, right? You know, because they're expecting, well, I'm only going to have like two years or three years. But Ryan and Mallory, you know, they, they had nine. I had a similar experience with Jimmy and Lauren. Same kind of situation, uh, not, not the same situation, but same worry as Ryan and Mallory. And I walked them through it. What bothers me is that own your age and bonds. Okay, if Jimmy and Lauren are 75 years old, should they own 75% in bonds? 
I was kind of explaining that to, to Jimmy and Lauren. They're like, well, shouldn't we hold more bonds? I'm like, look, I know you're super conservative. You don't like risk. They were fairly conservatively allocated, right? I mean, they had maybe 55% in bonds and 45% in stock. And I was just telling them, like, you guys could probably be more aggressive. Let's walk through this allocation. And no way, James. And so we walk through expenses, income. Here's your gap, right? Here's how much you have in dry powder. They have a ton of dry powder. They had 30 years of recovery time and they're 70. I was like, Jimmy and Lauren, you guys are going to be, you know, you're going to live another 30 years. You'll be 105, right? We don't need this much, you know, dry powder. So it works the other way. With Jimmy and Lauren, the look in Lauren's face blew me away. I mean, just James, no one's ever explained it to me that way. And that means something. I know there are a lot of rules of thumb in investing. The 4% plus rule, the rich ratio, the rule of 72. And these are all great and they're helpful and they're important. But one that just hasn't gotten a whole lot of press historically, it's because we just figured it out and how to articulate it and realize how powerful it was. This one may be one of my very favorites. Maybe second only to the 4% plus rule. You got to understand the 4% plus rule. But for most investors, nailing down the amount you have in time worth of dry powder, three years plus, take it to five, take it to 10, take it to 20. It may not fix all of your psychological worries when we go through difficult market times, but I'd be very surprised if it doesn't help. I'd be surprised if it doesn't help a lot because I've seen it. Hope today's episode helps. You can always find us at westmoss.com. Please, if you've gotten this far, leave a review on iTunes. And you can always contact me and our whole team through westmoss.com. Contact button is at the upper right-hand part of the website. Those emails come straight to us. Hey, y'all. This is Mallory with the Retire Sooner team. Please be sure to rate and subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. If you have any questions, you can find us at westmoss.com. That's W-E-S-M-O-S-S.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and YouTube. You'll find us under the handle Retire Sooner Podcast. And now for our show's disclosure. This podcast is provided to you as a resource for informational purposes only and is not to be viewed as investment advice or recommendations. This information is being presented without consideration of the investment objectives, risk tolerance, or financial circumstances of any specific investor and might not be suitable for all investors. It is not intended to and should not form a primary basis for any investment decision that you may make. Always consult your own legal, tax, or investment advisor before making any investment or financial planning considerations. Please refer to the full disclosure in the podcast description for any additional information.